this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Ms. Jenny Garth. Hi. What is going on? How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I love the pink behind you. Very nice. Everyone loves the pink. I mean, you know, if you didn't know I was gay before, like just look at the (laughs) pink in the background and like, let's just start with that, Jenny. It's the pink and the blue. Your eyes are popping. Well, thank you very much for doing this. I'm excited to talk about your new movie, A Kind-Hearted Christmas, with Mr. Cameron Matheson. Yes. But before we get there, let's take a moment to take a trip back. So here's the thing. When I sat down to prepare for this chat, 1990, 31 years ago, does that seem, when you started 902, does that seem like yesterday to you, or does that seem like another lifetime? Who was that girl? Another lifetime? Who was that girl for sure? Yeah. Really? Uh, I mean, can you remember 30 years ago where you were, what you were doing? Honey, I can't even remember what I did <laughs> three days ago. So I have the wrong person to ask. It all blends together after a while, right? It does. But thank God I have the show to go back and watch. And then it kind of like reminds me of what life was like in the 90s and when we were working on that show. And it was just like the best time ever. I mean, the iconic Kelly Taylor, the iconic 90210, like when you first got the job, like was there, you know, cause it was Aaron Spelling. Like, did you realize, you know, this could be a big deal? Like, was there a buzz around town? 
No, when it, it first started, it was just kind of a quiet situation. No one really knew about it. No one knew about Fox then, the network. So um, it was kind of experimental almost. And also there were no other shows at that time that were like just a bunch of kids, you know, was, you know, wasn't a show about the parents. It wasn't a show about a group of 30 somethings. It was a show about a bunch of teens in Beverly Hills. And so nobody really knew what to expect or what would happen. Uh, I mean, definitely we didn't know. <laughs> and then, you know, I know that first season, like the ratings were okay. And then again, you talk about like Fox being something new, like this type of show being something new, like in an unprecedented move, we air Beverly Beach over the summer and then it just kind of blew up from there. Yeah, I mean, I think that was obviously a smart move on their part to, um, they kind of worked us around the clock and we made uh, episodes during the summer when all of the other shows were on their you know breaks because back then you didn't have streaming new episodes you know around the clock so um that was a smart move and we loved it we got to shoot at the beach and we've had so much fun and we didn't care you know we were so young and excited to be doing what we were doing that it just worked out for everybody I guess I mean and I know like Jason like and I and like you know have been vocal about you know like it was just instant fandom like I, we've all heard the stories about them having to be like smuggled out and like laundry carts yeah. what was it like for you like did I mean I imagine there were scary times as well of crazy fandom yeah definitely I mean I they would send us on publicity tours um whether it was in the United States at malls or car shows uh, they would send us overseas because the show like took off everywhere over in Europe Italy Japan everywhere and um things got crazy yeah sometimes I can remember a few times definitely feeling like the stage is going to uh break or all these people are pushing in at the same time it was really like a wild experience and I can't believe that I got to do that I mean I felt like a beetle for a second you know <laughs> well you were and you are a beetle I mean it is <laughs> What about, you know, there were so many like poignant storylines that like Kelly Taylor was involved in. Like, were you aware that like a lot of these storylines like were ahead of their time, really? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely aware that they had a, a major like levity to them. And I, as a young person, I was like just really wanting and, and nervous to sort of do those storylines justice because I felt a lot of pressure because that was, there were heavy topics. And I knew that those messages were reaching a lot of young people and a lot of young people's parents. And so I felt a lot of responsibility with them. Um, and yeah, kind of ahead of its time, no one was really talking about that stuff on such a big platform in such an open, like honest way with a teen's perspective. So it was just um, kind of groundbreaking in that respect and a great honor to be able to do that. And now as I look back on the episodes, uh, my friend and I are doing a podcast called 9021 OMG. And we have started at the very first episode, the pilot, and we are working our way through the seasons. And we're um, almost at the end of season two now. So as I go back and watch the show for the very first time, because I never saw it when I was doing it. I never was home in time to watch it. Uh, but I'm kind of realizing like what a big deal it was and what an impact it had and like the risks that it took and just the voice that it gave young people in that decade. And it was really needed. And, and I think it just like 
opened up so many channels for like that kind of programming to come out. Absolutely. I, I think so. And you're very humble. Your, your friend that you're doing the 9021 OMG podcast with is Tori Spelling. So yeah. it's a great <laughs> podcast. Tori is like a vault. Speaking of, she remembers everything. You talk about me and you now. She, Tori remembers every little detail. She does. She remembers it or she makes it up. So <laughs> you got to, you know, figure out which is which. But we always, she always, our new word is allegedly. Like, we'll just say something and say, allegedly, this is what happened. So then we can't get in trouble. <laughs> well, listen, whatever you and Tori say is gospel as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I think the fans would agree. What about the storylines? Like, look, you know, Kelly was also in a cult. You know, she had a nose job in high school that she didn't really, she wasn't too thrilled with. Was there anything where you're like, guys, this jumps the shark. Like, <laughs> I just can't. I mean, if I, in looking back, there are quite a few of those moments, but um, I think the, the cult, no, but maybe the episode where I was trapped in the bathroom by my lesbian stalker and burned with, by, burned in the sorority house, maybe that was a little bit much for me. That could be much for anyone. I mean, <laughs> it was fun though. Kelly survived a fire. Yeah. In the series finale of the original, you know, it's implied that Kelly ends up with Dylan. I mean, did you have like, you know, as Jenny Garth, the actress, did you have a strong, like she needs to be with Brandon or Dylan or neither? Well, I thought I made it pretty clear when I said I choose me, that it was going to be neither of them. But um, people want to see, you know, there's so many different camps. There's the Brandon camp and then there's the Dylan camp and I can't please everybody. I don't even know what would have made me happy because part of me thinks Kelly and Brandon were such a great couple and you know, the world was their oyster. They could do anything, those two together. And then I also, there's that part that, you know, Dylan really brought out some really vulnerable, you know, parts of Kelly. And I feel like there was a really strong connection there too. So I don't know who she should have ended up with. It was just, that's just such good writing. That's, and acting. It just, it was, I was like all over the place. I'm like, choose, yes, I choose me. No, wait, Brandon, it's, it was hard, right? It's hard. Well, you know, I don't know. Does this come up ever when you do interviews like this? I mean, Kelly was the central character that spun off Melrose Place with Mr. Jake Hansen. I mean, does anyone want to talk to you about Melrose Place ever? No, I mean, no, because they don't really remember that it was Kelly's character that took us over to Melrose Place from Beverly Hills. Um, and I had almost forgotten it, but I remember it now because I've watched the episode recently. <laughs> and um, it was so, uh, such an, uh, like, it was so much fun to think, oh, this is going to be a new show. My character's the, the spinoff of, you know, I didn't really understand what it all meant when I was doing it. But now watching it and thinking, wow, that, that was pretty cool. Well, maybe when you and Tori do the entire anthology of 902, if you need to do something else, you could do a Melrose Place podcast. <laughs> not that you're yeah, not busy know. enough. Yeah, I don't know much about Melrose Place after Kelly left, but uh, I, I enjoyed my time there. Well, it was, it was great. Speaking of great show, so a few years after 90210 ended, What I Like About You. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Exp- I mean, listen, you, Amanda Bynes, and Leslie Grossman, like, you had me at what could go wrong, right? I mean, it was such a great show. I remember after I finished 90210 thinking, what am I going to do now? Or should I do anything? Or, Let me just take a minute to figure myself out. You know, it was such a whirlwind of a 10-year 
run. Um, and I took a few years off and I realized I've done so much drama. Let's, let me try comedy. I've never done that. So it was really hard to get in those doors though, because people did not want to see me as a comedic actress. And then I, I met Will Calhoun, who was the producer from Friends. And I was so just humbled and uh, excited for that learning experience. And I, I went in with just open arms and said, teach me. I don't know how to do this, but I, I know I can do it. I'm a funny person and I love to laugh. But um, it was a whole new craft that I had to learn on the job, basically. Um, and they were so wonderful and, and patient with me and guiding me. And, and I remember Will was a big part of that because he had such great experience. And um, yeah, working with Amanda, who played my sister on the show, we were like sisters. Our birthdays on actually on the same day in real life. And so wow. we're super connected in a weird way. And um, and and then Leslie joined the cast, Grossman, and she's she's the best. I love her. We still talk, and we talk about let's get let's get the gang back together. Like, what would that look like? And you know, I I think it would be I if if I were to redo any show, it would be that one because it was just so much fun. And doing that kind of comedy is is such a great life. You know, you you get to have fun at work every day and go home at reasonable hours and uh, work with really great people. So I would love to to do that show again, honestly. Wow. I mean, it was a phenomenal show. Like I said the same thing. I'm like, what? You can't top 90210. It was brilliant. It was fun. Would you do the show like without Amanda Bynes? I mean, like, you know, her, where she says like, she's not going to act anymore. I mean, I don't know if that's really true. Like, would you do it? You know what? I've learned that uh, you never know. You know what I mean? Never say never. I would want to do the show with Amanda. That would be what I would want to do. And um, I would uh, I would just want to make sure she was in a place where she wanted to do it. And she, you know, that was what she wanted to focus on. I don't really know the answer to that right now, but something I'm definitely looking into. Let's just put that out to the universe. Let's put so. it out there. Leslie and I have talked about it and we would love to revisit what I like about you. Wow. Yeah. Well, when that show ended, fast forward a few years, Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yes. Where does that fall on the range of, you say comedy is difficult, of difficult <laughs> things that you have done but in your career? That falls in the, please don't ever make me do that again category. Uh, you know, I got, I got into it and I was, I had no idea what I was really getting into at that time. Cause I think it was only like the third or the, maybe the fifth season of the show. Yeah. And um, it was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. I had had a, maybe like a six month old baby at home. My last daughter was only six months old when I started that. And um, also it was Derek's first season. Derek Huff was my partner and it was his first season on the show. And he didn't know what he was doing either. I mean, yeah, he's an amazing dancer. He can do anything on his feet, but he really didn't know, you know, about this kind of format or anything. So he was learning as he was going, I was learning as I was going and it was terrifying. Like just being in front of a live audience and having that kind of pressure and trying to remember the steps. It was, oh, it was crazy. Well, he has said that his most embarrassing moment on the show and the history of his experience with the show was when he dropped you. <laughs> Great, yes. Well, he didn't drop me, honestly. I He slipped on my dress and fell and then I fell. So it, thank A God fall. it wasn't more than that. But I do remember my dad was still alive at that time and he 
was in the audience that night and he was right in front of right that trick that we were doing and uh he saw the whole thing and I was like oh my dad's watching well for someone who didn't know what they were doing and it was hard you ended up doing pretty well I did I mean I did way better than I thought I was gonna do and quite honestly at that point I think it was like the semifinals. I was like, please vote me off. Please, I don't, I can't do this anymore. They're like, this so is I was hard. so relieved when I got voted off. Did you provide advice to like for Shannon and now like this past season, Brian, like did anyone reach out to you and say, Jenny, give us some advice of how to do on a show? <laughs> well, um, not really so much advice. I just like, for instance, this last uh, season when Brian did it, I didn't even know he was going to be on it. And I stumbled upon the show and thought, oh my God, that's Brian. And so I texted him immediately and I was like, oh, good luck. You look amazing and just have fun. And, you know, that's all we kind of talked about. You're like, it's a lot harder than you might think, but good luck. I didn't want to scare him. And I want to tell him the truth. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com slash velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. Think back to where you were when you first heard or learned about reality TV. Can you really think back? Probably not, because reality TV has been with us forever. And that's what brings us all together here behind the velvet rope. Well, now I want you to remember this moment, because listen, being is reality TV for your ears. That's right. It's an innovative new audio format like no other podcast you've ever heard. This season, it's being trans. Meet Chloe, Jeffrey, Mariana, and Cy. Over the course of six episodes, you get to be a fly on the wall. And isn't that what we all love best? For their most intimate conversations and unscripted raw moments. I thought I was going to listen to these six episodes, like, you know, over the course of six weeks, because I'm really busy binged, 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 could not stop listening. Listen, they handle health and family and relationships. Of course, their love lives and drama. So with this podcast, you're going to gain a unique understanding and insight into their lives. And again, fly on the wall, eavesdropping. That's what we love best. From Lemonada Media's Being Studios, this is audio reality. Brilliant idea, guys. This is Being Trans. Being Trans is out now wherever you get your podcasts. That's always good. 
What about the reboot, the original CW reboot of 90210, which you were a part of? Right. I mean, I know it's not the favorite among some fans. Like I know Ian Ziering has said things like, you know, often imitated, never replicated, that that wasn't really 90210. I don't mean any shade by that. I'm just yeah. curious, like, because you were part of it, like what, how did you feel about the CW installation? Um, you know what? I had... I was kind of, um, I wasn't sure about doing that. I had a friend of mine, a friend of a friend of mine was producing it and came and sat in my living room and basically said, please, please, please do it. And I am, I didn't want to let anybody down. And I felt a responsibility to kind of help in some way. And so I did the show. I enjoyed my, you know, the parts that I was on. I wasn't a huge fan of the writing of that show, to be honest with you. I felt like, um, I don't know. I just wasn't proud of what they put out there. Uh, nothing to do with the actors or, you know, anything else other than just the messaging. I didn't feel it was quite in line with what the original show sort of, you know, came up with. But, um, and yeah, I mean, it was a different show. It really... I don't know. It, it, it was weird. <laughs> Are you sorry you did it? Am I sorry I did it? No. I mean, if I, if I could go back, I probably wouldn't have done it. But, you know, everything is, you know, it happens for a reason. So Absolutely. What about, you know, listen, we all have heard all the rumors, you know, everyone knows about like back in the day, you and Shannon didn't get along. I, as a fan of 902, will never forget the Entertainment Weekly cover when this reboot was taking place and it was you and Shannon on the cover. Mm -hmm. So you made lots of fans happy, but you know, in all reality, how you must've been nervous to come face to face. I mean, I know you're both adults and it's many years later and you're actresses and it's a job, but like that must've been nerve wracking. I'm not the kind of person that gets rattled by confrontation or um, sort of, you know, dealing with things. Uh, so that was not, I wasn't nervous or anything. Um, I was actually looking forward to being with her. And, you know, I, I felt like we, we both were like, let's just put this to rest. I mean, we like each other. There's nothing wrong with, you know, when we were younger, we butt heads, we we're both very strong, independent Aries women. Um, and at that time, neither of us really knew what we were doing or how to sort of navigate all those tricky waters of being in the industry and you know being sort of put up against one another a lot of times by a lot of different people or or instances um and so neither of us were ashamed of our past and neither of us had any problem moving forward you know so shannon is a is a great woman um and you know seeing her grow up and seeing myself grow up knowing that we we are okay to disagree. We're okay to not think, you know, we're best friends, but we both have a lot of respect for one another. That's great. Yeah. Do you ever think, you know, if social media existed back in the day when you guys were doing 90210, like all these stories we heard between like you and Shannon, just everything behind, can you imagine if, do you ever think about that? Cause, cause I think people, about that. Yeah. People ask me that question and I can't even imagine social media exists now. <laughs> So it, it would blow my mind if it had been, if I had been so much younger and so even less equipped to sort of handle it and navigate it all. Yeah, that would have been a disaster. 
I can't even believe social media exists now either. There are days <laughs> I'm like, I wish it didn't, right? Oh, I wish it didn't. Remember the simple days when it, you just, you, I, you spent your free time doing constructive things besides scrolling on the Instagram or whatever. I was going to say interacting with people face-to-face. That, that was nice. Yeah. Talk to me about the reboot, BH90210, 2019. So like, I mean, it kind of was the brainchild of you and Tori originally. Right. Yes. That was um, us taking the show uh, in a different direction. We had, everyone always wanted the to do a reboot and, and it was, this, you know, everybody was doing reboots at that moment. And uh, I was really opposed to doing just a straightforward reboot. And, and I felt like the rest of the cast was sort of aligned with that, not really wanting to go back and redo something that just couldn't be redone again, because we're all in different places and, and the world is in a different place. Um, so we really wanted to sort of do things differently and kind of, um, like the show 90210 was very groundbreaking in what it did. Um, we wanted to sort of kind of try to break some ground with that concept of doing like a meta uh, crossover, you know, cause I'm a big fan of like um, Curb Your Enthusiasm and Larry David, all those things. And I, and there was just some, I really wanted to look other behind the curtain, you know, and see both sides of, the world of, of filming a show and the people that were filming the show. And also because so many people, our fans have been so amazing and so devoted and committed to each of us um, as actors and followed all of us at, on our journeys and our career paths and whatever we've done, you know, they know us um, not just as Kelly or Brandon or Donna, uh, but they know us as actors and as people. So it was kind of an interesting concept for us to get to, to play with that sort of concept. And um, we had a really great time writing it and producing it. And um, it was it was a really like advantageous uh, undertaking. <laughs> and it, it was definitely challenging, but all in all, we felt like uh, it, was, it, it, it was what we wanted to do at that time. And I, I watch it back think and think, ah, this is, I love it. It's so fun and funny and different. And, um, I, I, you know, there, there were fans that, yeah, were super, super disappointed that it wasn't a straight reboot and that we weren't playing Kelly and Brandon and, you know, Brenda and all the people, but then there were the people that were open and like, let's see, let's do something different with this. You know, we've already seen that. Let's do something different. I thought it was brilliant. I and mean, it was so nuanced in so many ways. Like you're playing a heightened version of yourself. You're playing Kelly. Which I, I thought it was just brilliant, like on so many different levels. And I would think like as an actress, it was challenging versus a straight reboot. Yeah. And it was fun. It was like fun to sort of do it differently, you know, and, and use our energy to think of a different way to do something. And, and but we were also very cognizant of, giving the fans of the OG show what they wanted in little increments and also, you know, giving them little eggs of like what from the old days and the old show and trying to bring that into the current world, you know? Was there anything off limits? Cause you guys all, you know, you make light of the fact that you've been married many times. Brian Austin Green is married to someone very super famous, Tori Mm -hmm. and the nepotism. Like, was there anything someone just said like, oh, I don't know, or everyone was kind of on board. There were definitely, um, we came up against hurdles from time to time. Um, 
with different um, characters, you know, wanting to kind of steer away from certain aspects of their private life, which was completely fine. Um, it was the brainchild of Tori and myself, but once we got going, we brought other people in, everybody became producers on the show. And so it became a show where we all sort of developed our characters, how we wanted to do it. And um, so it, what, it, it, while it wasn't exactly how we had originally um, conceived it, it became something else, which worked. And we, you know, was so important for everybody to be on board and super comfortable and happy with it and, and into it, you know, and we got, we achieved that because everybody was really a part of the writing and the producing of that, of the six episode series. Totally. How bittersweet was it to do it without Luke? Ugh, that was the worst part. I mean, we, uh, yeah, it was, the timing was just the weirdest part of it all because we had uh, sold the show prior to Luke's passing. And then um, he was looking forward to exploring it with us and hearing about it. And he was super supportive. And then that happened. And, um, you know, of course we thought, well, we're not gonna do this then. There's no way we can possibly move forward with this. And nobody even knew what to think at that point. And then it sort of became very clear that, you know, I get goosebumps when I talk about it because it was um, supposed to be that way. Like we were all supposed to be back together to go through that um, awful initial um, time together after he died. And um, I, I, in a weird way, I think he was with us, of course, but he was watching and thinking, I'm glad that they're all together because this was a really hard thing to get through. It was, and that must've made it easier, at least that you were all together. Yeah, it, it was, there was some comfort there for sure. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it was an honor to him in a way, you know, the show too. Yeah, it was, um, we tried to, that was always in the forefront of our minds, definitely. Well, that was 2019 and now it's 2021. I mean, are we done? Because the fans aren't done. I mean, <laughs> are we done? I don't know. Like a movie, another reboot, I mean, there's always somebody knocking on the door with some idea. <laughs> um, and it's just a matter of getting everybody on board with the same idea, um, which is the most challenging part. I don't know. I, like I said before about what I like about you, I'll never say never. You never know what's going to happen. And I just, I always stay open to whatever the universe brings my way, sort of weigh it and, and consider it look at it from all different angles. And um, I'm a very go with the flow kind of person. Like I don't, I'm not a goal oriented person. I've never set goals for myself, really uh, big career goals or anything like that. I like to just kind of go with the flow. And um, I've always said, I'll never, ever, ever turn my back on 90210. I never have. And um, that show, you know, gave me the life that I have now. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. I wouldn't have three beautiful daughters. And, you know, I just, my life is because of that show. And I'm just so always been so grateful and 
you know, never, you never know. So after the next time you record a 9021 OMG podcast with Tori, can't you say, come on, Tori, let's come up with another idea. <laughs> I'm usually the one that's like, oh, I don't know. Like, let's, let's really think about that. Um, but there's always ideas, of course. Yeah. Who knows? At least you're open to it. I'm open to anything. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now, with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can, too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette, and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs, because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads go to lipsandads.com now that's l-i-b-s-y-n ads.com i like that <laughs> Did you ever think when you started, I know Tona, like speaking of Tori, like, you know, that you were going to make basically one of your best friends for life? No, I mean, you don't really think about anything much when you're that age. That <laughs> is true. Future, but, and you can't really think, you can't see past, you know, the tunnel that you are in when you're that age, especially in that whirlwind of an environment. But yeah, we, it's so cool to have um, a friend for, 30 plus years that knows you better than anybody and, and knows you on, you know, that experience that um, the core cast, the initial cast went through together um, that like, just like sudden jolt into stardom and all the things that went with fame with, with being on a show uh, like that every week, you know, for 10 years, uh, those are experiences that not a lot of people can really understand or relate to. So the bond with those people is really strong and um, it'll never, ever, ever go away. No matter if we don't speak to each other for five years at a time, that'll, you know, always be my brothers and sisters. And yes, having those friendships is invaluable. How often do people in the real world come up and think that you are Kelly Taylor? I mean... <laughs> You've done a lot of other things in your career, which we just discussed. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, does that happen? It does. I mean, 
people are so savvy now that they don't usually think I'm Kelly, <laughs> but people always recognize me. And I, but you know, I take pride on the fact that I'm a very incognito person. Like I live my life like normal and from the Midwest, I go out, I don't wear hair and makeup and look fancy. Like I like to just sort of be, you know, like everybody else. And, um, but there are those times when, yeah, people recognize me and I, of course, I always just love it. And I'm so grateful for their support for so many years ago. I mean, that that's an incredible fan base that that show had. Why do, why do you think so? I mean, it's a brilliant show, but like, what do you think it is that this is just, people can't get enough? I mean, it's, it, it was, it was the first of its kind. It was the first show that gave teens a voice and, and a reason to watch TV, you know, a reason to invest in those characters. And those characters were, yeah, they were from Beverly Hills they got those jobs in high school and had fancy cars and did all kinds of wild things, but they were real people and going through real things that anybody could relate to, you know, in Germany, in, uh, you know, Kansas, everywhere that people watch that show, people are the same, you know, innately as human beings. And that show really tapped into just the realness of, of people. And, um, and also there was just like, I mean, now watching it back, there was that fantastical, like you're watching something you've never seen before, like Beverly Hills, like you couldn't see it on the internet then because there was no internet. And you, people didn't know what it was like to, to live that lifestyle and to see that the beautiful California all the time. So there was that like, uh, just it was like eye candy and just wanted to, people wanted to be there and be in that. Or I've heard so many times, I watch your show and I moved to California. I moved to LA because I watched Beverly Hills on a two one and I wanted that life. And so there was that part of it too, that was so fulfilling for people. And also um, just the whole Walsh family of it all. Like, you know, I wanted to be in the Walsh family when I watched the first couple of seasons back, you know, it seems so safe and nice and supportive I wanted that and also you got to see like you know Steve's family and Donna's family and Kelly's family and Dylan's family and it was just oh yeah there was something really magical about it and wow I can't believe people have told you they moved to California because of it wow wow what do you think Aaron Spelling would say like about like BH90210 like you and Tori kind of taking the you know that's where it kind of started like what do you think he would say I know he would have been so proud of us of her for sure um but of us we're doing something that nobody thought could be done and doing something inventive like because he was a very inventive prolific producer of his time doing things that hadn't been done before and so this was just this was us doing something else that hadn't been done before and um I know he would have been really into it before we talk about your new Christmas movie three more very quick questions who do you keep in touch with on a regular basis now besides Tori? Tori, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Uh, Ian, um, here and there, yeah. And all of them here and there, but mostly consistently is Tori because we work together a lot. That makes sense. Yeah. And like, I know like Shannon like wasn't out with her like 
you know, the, the fact that her cancer was back, except for like Brian, like, have you talked to her? Like, how is she doing? We talk on the DMer, uh, and we, uh, we text sometimes, but I, you know, we keep it very like fun and light. I don't like to pressure her and say, how are you? How are you feeling? Like if she needs me, she knows I'm always here and vice versa. That makes sense. What about one of your other projects that I loved was I loved the Jenny Garth project, a little reality um, TV. Like, mm-hmm. listen, you do HTV, anything with real estate and you, it was a great show. So fun. That was one of my favorite experiences as well. It was kind of reality, but it was more like creative and it was very real though. And that was me, but I would love to do that again, that Jenny Garth project too, or something, you know, I, I love design. I love um, redoing houses. I haven't done a project for a while and I'm chomping at the bits to build or remodel or design something. So I'm looking into that right now, but it was, um, I had a lot of fun doing that show. It was such a great show. Would you ever do other reality TV? Like I know it always comes up like at the casting rumors, Tori's always thrown into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I know you have said like, you know, you didn't think that show was your particular jam. No. Lisa Rinna, who's killing it. Like, would you ever, you would never do Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Mm-mm. No, that's one thing I know for sure. I would never do just because no offense to anybody that does it. It's just not me. It's not I'm not comfortable in that environment. And why would I put myself in that environment? I just got an email uh, this week, actually, about Big Brother, some celebrity Big Brother. And I I read the email and I was like, are they kidding? Like, this is the worst person you could ask to do this. I'm just not, I don't, I don't know. A reality, if it's done right, I'm into. I love watching reality. and uh, I think that uh, reality TV can do amazing things. And uh, I would never, I would, I would love to be a part of something like that, but it has to be the right project. Celebrity Big Brother is phenomenal. I know, but I, I will watch it, but I don't want to be on it. Believe it or not, I think it's a hell of a lot easier than being on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Probably. Like if, Probably. if you were going to do one of those. Last question about, does, has anyone ever come up to you that's like a huge 90210 fan that you're just, you know, like like a Brad Pitt or like a George Clooney, like just someone that we would be like, you know, like just someone we would never think like, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a gay man who grew up around that time. So it's not shocking that I love 90210. It's just <laughs> someone that you'd be like, oh my God, that person's a 90210 fan. Every, I mean, Kim Kardashian was a huge fan of the original show um i remember when we did bh 90210 she was very very excited to be seeing what we were doing um but it's anyone from her from you would be so shocked i'm always shocked when i meet someone and they say oh i love your show or i'm such a fan and i'm thinking you're a fan i'm a fan of you i can't believe it you know that that is always very surreal when someone famous says they're a fan of yours yeah did Kim Kardashian slip into your DMs? I don't remember exactly. I just remember it was something on the social media platform where she was like, yes, I'm so excited about the show coming out. That doesn't shock me. Well, it's a great show. It's a great legacy. Everything you've done has been phenomenal. <laughs> Let's talk about your new Christmas movie, a Kind Heart okay. of Christmas. Cameron Matheson and you, yeah. tell me tell me what we can expect. Well, it's a really, I mean, as you, can imagine by the title, A Kind-Hearted Christmas. It's a really sweet movie. <laughs> it's, um, 
it's that Christmas formula though. You know, it, it, you know what you're going to get. It feels good. It looks pretty. There's music. It just, you get the warm and fuzzies from watching it. And it, it does not fail to deliver that. Um, working with Cameron was a dream. I'm friends with Cameron. We've done, we had done another Christmas movie together, which I had completely forgotten about. And of course he reminded me, uh, and it just being back with him felt so comfortable and, and easy and, um, he's such a kind person. Um, we've become friends off set now. And, um, since the first time we worked together and just really a pleasure to work with him and a pleasure to work with a really um, kind crew up in Canada, really safe and um, supportive and people that love what they do. Like, you know, they crank out the Christmas movies in Canada. Like they're, they're filming those things all year round and there are companies just devoted to making Christmas movies. Boom, 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 boom. And the crews will just stay on Christmas movies all year long. So you think they would get sick of it and be like, oh, another Christmas movie, but they don't because they know what a service they're doing by giving these feel good movies to all the people out there that love them. And I don't know, it's just something really, really, I was shocked because it had been a very long time since I had done a movie, a Christmas movie. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do another Christmas movie. And, you know, how many Christmas movies can one person do? And then I, when I was, when I was doing it, I was like, I love this. I, I am having the best time and everybody here is so nice. Like it was a really positive, positive experience. And I would do another one tomorrow. I love Christmas movies. Who doesn't, I mean, I love, there's something about when it's just a little, like, this is going to be November 20th. Like when it's just a little bit cold out, you get your hot chocolate. Like I could watch Christmas movies all day, all week. So right. I, right. I know it's when like, I, right. I've had to go like do a, a couple of weeks of like um, prep. And the week before I started shooting this, I just started, I just Googled like on the search bar on Netflix or whatever platform I was watching on, I was like Christmas movies. And I would just go down the list and watch all of them. And it got me in like the spirit, you know, in the middle of whatever month that was, we were filming it. I don't know, September. It was just, you know, Christmas movies always just make you feel good. I I'm excited. And this kind of kicks off the Christmas season too, because it's November 20th. So it's yeah, it's coming early. early. And it's, on a, it's on a new platform. What's well, on a new platform? It's on GAC Family, which was formerly Great American Country, but is now Great American Channel Family. And they're very um, dedicated to making family-friendly programming, which is hard to find now. It honestly is something you can sit down and watch with the whole family and uh, feel good about, you know, watching. And so the GAC is like um, available through a lot of different cable outlets, but also on streaming, such as Hulu, Philo, um, Friendly. There's a bunch of different ways to find GAC. I love it. I'm one of those people. I watch everything that anyone associated with 90210 does. So I will be watching it. And I can tell you, everyone listening to this is probably now going to be watching it as well. So I'm glad. I hope you guys like it. I really appreciate your time. Is there anything you want to cover before we go? Anything we didn't get into? I appreciate you entertaining all of my questions. I mean, no, I mean, it's just so fun to go down, you know, memory lane and talk about all the different projects with you. And and it, it feels nice that you appreciate them. So thank you. I appreciate them all. You didn't think I was going to mention the Jenny Garth project, did you? That was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> that was, 
home. And it was a great home too when you were done. So where can everyone find you on social media that would like to follow you that doesn't already? I'm on Jenny Garth. That's me. On Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Look for the look for the blue check. Yep. So thank you so much, Jenny. I really appreciate it. I speak to a lot of people for this job and this one was very personal for me. So I just wanted to say, I really appreciate you taking your time. Thank you. I feel like we could be friends. We could be friends any day you want. Any day you want to go for a drink with me, you and Tori, you just, you just, you just slip into my DMs. Okay. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. T- take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.